This one's for anyone who wants to wholesale real estate, but they're unsure of what happens once they get their deal under contract. We're going to give you how to set good expectations with your seller to make sure that deal goes through successfully and smoothly. This is the podcast for 10xing your income and replacing your W-2 with wholesaling real estate, a strategy for making big checks from finding ugly houses. My name is David Lecco. I created a process that's helped 10,000 people close their first deal in all 50 states. And my co-host is Ryan Haywood, who's bringing this information to you from his experience, doing a challenge in 2019 to find his first deal, closing, making $8,500 as a finder's fee, and having done 425 deals since then. These are his tips for setting good expectations with your seller to ensure that deal goes through smoothly. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Typically, I'm your co-host. Today, I'm your host, Ryan Haywood, and I started real estate wholesaling back in 2019. Been doing this for four, just about four and a half years, and have gone on to do about 425 transactions over the course of time. Today, I want to talk to you about setting some expectations for your seller. So the situation is that you have done your marketing, you've gotten a lead, you've gone and made contact, you've made, you've done your negotiations, um, and you're ready to lock up the deal. So you're sitting down at the person's table, and you are presenting with the, presenting them with a contract. Um, the moment that you get them under contract starts a timeline for them. That's when they're like, okay, we're selling it. I'm going to get this done. Most likely you've put a closing date in your contract and they are looking for that day. They are looking forward to that day. And almost every day they're going to be thinking about this property and closing. So one thing that I wanted to talk about is making sure that when you sit down with them and you're going over the contract, making sure that you're pre presenting some expectations of what's going to happen next, what they can expect. That way, you can minimize the levels of anxiety and stress that they have, um, which tends to become frustrating on your end when they're calling and wanting an update and when are we closing, and it can be overwhelming. So what we have learned is by presenting some next steps, here's what's going to happen now, now that we've got this done, this is what you're going to see next. This is the next time I'm going to talk to you. Here's what we're going to do. In between here and here, here's what we're going to do. By setting those expectations, it helps smooth the transaction out. It helps allow them to have confidence in knowing, okay, it's been three days, but he did say he wasn't going to call me again until next Tuesday, so nothing for them to worry about. Um, in the time that after you get, in some cases, and probably most, after you get the contract signed, that's when your due diligence really starts to begin. And that's when you're trying to find a buyer for the property. That's when you're taking people there. That's when you're getting bids. Um, maybe you have buyers that can just buy it sight unseen. Uh, but even then, you're presenting the deal to them. Hey, here's the numbers. Here's the property. Here's the pictures. So there's some things that are happening in the background. Um, but allowing the seller to know that what Here's what you are doing in the process of this transaction. Again, it just eliminates the levels of stress um, that they may be feeling. And we all want to make sure that at the end of the day, um, they 
feel comfortable even submit even presenting the the purchase agreement you want to make sure that you you're presenting it in a confident tone um because a lot of times sellers are looking for like how confident is this person how new is this person so you want to make sure a you're comfortable with every bit of your contract uh hopefully your contract is a short purchase and sell agreement with the purchase price the dates the pr- and the address and all of that interrupting this episode in case you're looking for a contract you can find the contract i use to close deals at dealmachine.com/contract and there's five things you need for a basic contract you need a price you need a seller you need a buyer you need a date and you need an address so this contract's a little bit longer than that but it is short because that helps somebody that's in a distressed situation feel more comfortable and confident with what they're signing as opposed to the 17-page document your state typically uses. So officially, I'm going to say definitely contact your attorney, but I thought this would be helpful for an example and entertainment purposes for you to see what I've been using. Dealmachine.com slash contract. So hopefully your contract is not super daunting and um, complicated. It's a simple thing. You, you have read through it and know all sections of this contract. So when you're presenting it, it doesn't seem like you're unaware of any specific things. You can show them, hey, here's the, the purchase price and the address. Here's the date that we're set to close. Um, and any other, you know, this, these are the terms. Um, but then once you get that signed, the next bit of the conversation should not be, okay, thanks, we'll see you later. The next bit of the conversation really needs to be, okay, now that we've got this done, the next things I'm going to do, I'm going to take this contract to the title company and we're going to get the uh, title work started. Um, that is always the first thing. You know, title work can take, in some cases, seven to 10 business days. So, giving that expectation, we're going to get this turned into the title company. Um, they're going to confirm that the title is free and clear and a marketable title. That's one important piece of this. But in addition to that, over the next two weeks, I'm going to be bringing some contractors by. Uh, we're going to walk the property and kind of get a good list of things that need to be done and try to find, make sure that we aren't missing anything. Um, we could have in- some inspections done. Uh, we might have a sewer scope done. But what I also need, and it's this is so important, what I also need is to get some keys and a lockbox. We'll leave it on the house so that you have access to it anytime that you need it. That way we're not having to call you every time we need to get in there because there could be a case if we have to show it a few different times uh, to a specific contractor to get numbers where we want to get them. Uh, We don't want to have to bother you with that whole process. So if we get a lockbox on there, we'll give you the code, put the keys in there. um, And then from there, we're going to have some inspections done. We're also going to look for a financial partner, financial investor who is looking for a property that fits their portfolio needs. So we may be bringing some other people through here to walk through it with us as well. Um, what you can expect, your your closing date is here. Um, what you can expect the next time you will hear from us, uh, most likely be after the title work is clear. You'll give them a call. As soon as you can find that the title commitment is free and clear, you jump on the call. Hey, good news. Title work is clear. 
um, each step of the process, each time that you engage in the property, if you're walking through with a contractor, give them a call and give them an idea of what the outcome of that was because you're telling them you're going to do those things. So then following up with those things and giving them the, the results of those actions is also important, important to just keep their anxious levels or their anxiety levels low. So if you tell them, hey, uh, title work is going to be seven to 10 days over the course of that time, you know, we're going to do some due diligence. Then you can give them a call back. You can say, hey, great news. Title is clear. Um, so that's not going to be an obstacle. If there was other things that you did in that in between, uh, giving them, hey, we financial partner we found um, is ready to go as well. If the title, that's an opportunity as well. If the title company was good with quick closes, that you can provide that if you're if your new buyer or financial partner is available to do a fast transaction, you could even call them and present that, hey, title work is clear. We've got our financial partner lined up. Um, we can actually move the closing date up for you if you'd like. Sometimes they may have stuff in the house and that may not be beneficial to them. Maybe they like the the 30-day window to allow them time to get everything out that they need. Uh, but it gives you that op- opportunity to present that in the in a clean way where, hey, this is what happened. This is what's good. We're ready to go. In the opposite side, hey, title work came back. Um, it's clear. We've gone through and we've had a couple contractors walk it with us and we're getting some numbers, final numbers from them. Um, if anything pops up in between now and then, we'll let you know. The closing date's still set for this day. Um, I'll give you a call in, in the next week and let you know if anything comes up. Just letting them know when to expect to hear from you. It's never good if you get the contract and then you never have a conversation with them again um, until the closing day. Because what, what that is doing for them is that is just creating a couple levels of um, anxiety or they're just questioning, okay, he hasn't called me. I haven't heard from them. Typically, they they may have the experience of having a realtor that they can call and say, hey, have we gotten any showings? They're used to somebody kind of holding their hand through that transaction because they've probably been through an experience of buying a house before. And when they did buy a house, they had a realtor that was helping them go through that stuff. That's not the case with these off-market deals. So it's your job to kind of keep their expectations under control and at bay. Um, so then once you go through, you know, you're coming up on the week from close, hopefully you've got your investor, your end buyer lined up, you've had your inspections, title work is clear. Then the next thing you can do a week before close, hey, everything is set up, everything is good. Um, we've got everything set to close next week. Um, so the next time that you should hear would be probably from the title company calling and scheduling a time for you to come in and sign the paperwork. That's the next thing. So then a week before the before they even close, they feel like, okay, good. Next Tuesday, we're set. Now, I strongly encourage not to set false expectations. I know that we believe in most cases we're always going to find a buyer. But if a week from close, you don't have a buyer lined up, it's very important for you to express that to the seller as well. Those are uncomfortable conversations. But 
they are what build credibility with you and them. That's what builds a bridge. Uh, and trust is just calling and letting them know, hey, Mr. Seller, uh, title work is clear. Uh, we've had our inspections. Everything came back. We have not been able to find a financial partner, so we're going to need a little bit more time to get this accomplished. In most cases, it doesn't take this long, but right now we're having a hard time finding that final piece to this puzzle. Letting them know what to expect next. You know, give us a little bit more time to find that piece. Hopefully we can still get this done before our scheduled closing date, but in the event that we don't, we will need to send you an extension. Um, but if you have that conversation then, instead of calling them like two days before close, realize that you have smoothed out that level of anxiety. They may have already been feeling that. Uh, oh man, I haven't heard from them. Like, when are we going to close? Are we going to close on time? And just by presenting it in a in an organized structure, like this is what you can expect. If I don't find a financial partner, then I'm going to have to send you a document or I'll bring you a document to sign that extends this out a couple more weeks for us to get the financial backing for this transaction. Honestly, it has not happened. Even for me, again, the number of transactions that we've done, we have not had to extend contracts. Maybe I can count probably on two hands out of all the deals how many times I've had to have that conversation. The first times I've done it, I waited until like two days before close and I had to call and be like, man, I'm so sorry. We don't have somebody. I thought we were going to have this done. And they were frustrated, you know, and that makes it a harder conversation. But after that, it was like that that realization and like that sucked for me to present to them. And you know that sucked for them to hear from you. And so we just started doing this where we found a way to give them updates consistently. Now, if you have, if you're just doing this all by yourself, then that is kind of on your uh, to-do list or your checklist or your transaction coordinating list. Um, if you've moved to a point where you have a TC or you have access to a TC, which is a transaction coordinator, these are the things that you would want them to be doing, making sure they're reaching out uh, on on a regular basis to give a clear expectation of close. That way you're never surprising them in the heat of the moment when things are already kind of tense for them. Selling a house is a big deal. So it's a big deal for a few reasons. A, it's a big deal because they could have an emotional attachment to the house. It could be a big deal because it's been such a stress point for them. And so getting it off of their plate is a big deal. So just them knowing what's happening just makes that transaction go smooth. And let me tell you, from experience, and this is in sales in general, the best customer are repeat customers, and the best referrals are referrals from other people that have done business with you. If you can create the best experience with this seller, you are not only turning that lead into a deal and a transaction into a payday, but they may go and tell their friend, hey, I worked with Ryan at Heritage Home Investments and the transaction was smooth. It wasn't perfect, but they were very good. They were thorough about giving me updates. I never had to worry about the process. They were very clear on setting expectations. That is what's going to help you become more successful in presenting a contract, presenting an expectation, and helping you land that deal cleanly and in a way that will lead more transactions to you. We have got numbers and numbers of referrals from people who you bought their house, Hey, my friend 
worked with you, you bought their house, and I have also, I've got a house I want to sell. The number of times that that has happened has been huge. The number of referrals we've gotten from other people. But the biggest thing and the best thing that you can do is make sure that you're doing that now. If this is your journey of, of wholesale is starting now, these are the things that I learned along the way. And you're getting to hear this, I hope, you're getting to hear this at the beginning of your journey so that you can present this up front. Because if you can start to the point that's taken me this much time to get to where we have this level of organization, if you're starting there, where you're going to be in four years is going to be even bigger than where I made it. So I hope this has been super helpful. Please stay tuned to all these podcasts. We do so much on trying to bring excellent guests in that can inspire you and give you information to learn. Um, and we do our best to make sure that we are helping you on uh, providing quality detail on what can be effective and help you getting your first deal. Please reach out if you have any questions. We'd be super happy to help you. And I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.